lights. Thank you. Glory to Jesus. Father, we just thank you this morning, God, for everything that this service entails and everything that we are pursuing, wisdom, knowledge, revelation, insight, and Father, of course, working understanding that we take home. We do thank you for your mercy and your grace and all your goodness and your faithfulness. If you believe that, say amen. God's been faithful, amen. Well, we're excited this morning. A couple great things are happening. One of them is we're presenting a baby, not just a baby, a miracle baby, which is extra special. I know about miracle babies. We have some of those in our family. Miracle baby, it wasn't supposed to work out, and it did. God is good, amen. So we're going to go right into that right now under this presence. So I'm going to ask the family, Orlando, Alberto Garza, and um, that's a baby, and then parents, Orlando and Jana, and sister Jalisa, and the godparents, um, Lauro, Catherine, Jorge, and Gabriela. If you're here in the building, y'all need to come up here. God bless you. Let's give them a hand clap as they come. Amen. <laughs> Ask my wife to come up here also. So I don't want to drop the baby. I'm put my mask just out of respect. Wow, he is handsome. Look at him. Oh my gosh. I think I want to do this at the front end, Kathy. Um, we're not gonna have a battery here. I don't know. This is things dying. But um, you want to share a little bit? See if the battery is it's gonna die. But anyway, talk loud, I guess. There you go. Okay. Well, if it dies, I'll just talk loud. <laughs> well, we tried to get uh, Or and Jana to share their testimony. It's such a beautiful testimony, but I know all of us get a little scared when we get up here in front, So, and they get very emotional every time they talk about it, so if you guys don't mind, I want to share something about this, because it's it brings life, it's reviving to hear this testimony. Yes. So, so Or and Jana have been married and been together since high school, since you guys were how old? Eighth grade, I'm sorry. So it's over 20 years, right? Over 20 years? 21 years. So 21 years they've been married, they've been together. And um, about 15 years ago, they started on their journey of um, trying to conceive. And they had, um, they, they, they didn't conceive and they were having problems. And they resorted to prayer and they started following God and asking God, okay, God, you just give us a baby. This is what our heart desires. And along came Jalissa. They were blessed with Jalissa. Jalissa, they brought Jalissa to their home and they raised her. And we all love Jalissa. She's a beautiful blessing, beautiful young lady. And um, the prayers kept going. The prayers kept going. And um, 13 years later, 13 years later, um, last year in 2020, the beginning of 2020, was it? In the beginning of 2020, um, well, we've, we've been friends all ever since we were younger and they're cousins, so we've known each other for life from, from the crib. And um, they came around and we started praying with them and we told them, you know, just open your Bible, find the scriptures, find God's promises, search for God because God will give you the desires of your heart. You take joy in him. You find delight in him. He will give you the desires of your heart. He will bless you. And uh, there was many times that they came over and we prayed and we prayed with them and they spent a lot of tears in their, their personal closets and just praying. And, um, one day they came over and, Lauro told him, we were talking to him uh, on the street, and I told him, you know, by the end of the year, by the end of 2020, 
I said, next year, next year, by next year, you guys will have a baby. And Lauro stopped me. He's like, stop. He was like, mm-mm. He was like, by the end of 2020, they're going to hold their baby. And we said, okay, we're all going to agree with that. So we got an agreement, and we started praying over that. And baby was due at the end of December, and baby Tres got here early, super early. I know a lot of us were praying for him. So he is an absolute blessing from God. He restores our lives, all of our lives, you know, because when the world says no, there's no way, or when your mind tells you no, there's no way, God has the final say, so Amen. he is the final authority. So all of us turned to him and got into agreement, and here we are celebrating this beautiful baby, and we're going to be presenting him to the Lord this morning. So let's give him Glory a to God. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. I just want to read a scripture, one scripture from Psalm 127, and this is so true, and it's Passion Translation, verse 3, 4. And five. So y'all listen, because this is not just for the baby, it's for everybody. It says, children are God's love gift. They are heaven's generous rewards. Isn't that good? Children born to a young couple will one day rise to protect and provide for their parents. All the people that have children say amen. I'm waiting for that to happen. Happy will be the couple who has many of them. A household full of children will not bring shame on your name, but victory when you face your enemies. For your offspring will have the influence and honor to prevail on your behalf. And I believe that's a word for him today, that he's a blessing. He will continue to be a blessing. He's going to add to this family tremendously. And I believe he will serve God every day of his life. Amen. So let's go ahead and present. You want to, Monica, kids got a baby? I can handle, like, our, my grandkids, but I'm just like, oh, somebody else's kid is like, it's like handling somebody else's tools, right? You don't want to break it. <laughs> Let's all stand. Let's honor God. Just uh, just had a show of respect. This is important to us. You know, we're living in a generation. I don't want to get on, talk a lot about it, but more than ever, listen to me, more than ever, parents, grandparents, the Bible said, instruct a child in the way that he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. I'm witness to that in my own family. But you know that scripture also works in reverse? Whatever you instruct, and if you're not instructing your child in God, guess what? There's a secular system out there that is instructing your child the way that he should go. And it's full of darkness and confusion from gender identity to all kinds of other nonsense that, we, that we're dealing with. So it's vital. More than ever, you make sure your kids are raised. And the Bible says, train up a child. It actually doesn't say, you know, train up. So it means lead by example, parents. Lead by example, grandparents. Amen? So we're going to dedicate Orlando. Well, you got a long name, buddy. Orlando Alberto Garza III. That sounds important, I know. <laughs> Let me t- come over here. So let's all get in agreement. Father, we just thank you right now in the name of Jesus for this beautiful baby, this gift that you've given this family, Father. And Father, we just thank you, Lord, that in the name of Jesus, we dedicate him to you, Lord. Like Jesus was dedicated at the temple when he was a child, we dedicate Orlando, Father, to you in the name of Jesus. And the anointing of God will rest on this child from the top of his head to the very soles of his feet. And, Father, this child is healthy, spirit, soul, and body. He will not experience any serious illness or disease, Father. He will walk every day healthy. He will be a blessing to this family. He will never bring them shame. He will never bring them dishonor. He will always be a a, a child of God and then a young man, and then he will be a man of God. And, Father, he will serve you every day of his life. So, Father, we pray over his physical body, healthy, 
healthy from everything, everything that's out there, any sickness and disease or anything that could come on him, he will not experience this. And I call him blessed, and we dedicate him to you this day in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you for the parents. I thank you, Father, for the anointing that they carry now, because every child, Father, has their own needs and their own personality. So, Fathers, I pray for them. I bless, Father, this anointing that's specific to Orlando's life from from Jana, Father, into his life. I thank you, Father, the influence of the sister, Father, and the voice and and the the things that this baby will look up to, to her, and she will be an example. And, of course, Father, what can I say? I thank you for the dad. Father, we need parents. We need fathers in this generation. I just thank you that Orlando stands as a man of God, full of honor, full of integrity, and he has the wisdom. And there will never be any lack in this family, ever. I speak prosperity and peace and health over them. And Lord, I thank you for the godparents. I thank you because their influence and their voice and their commitment to watch and care for this kid and, and, and speak and, and be a blessing into this life. I, I thank you, Father, for them. And I know, Father, they are here and understand the seriousness of what we're doing. So I call every one of them blessed and I pray for the wisdom as, as godparents. So I thank you once again, Lord, for this beautiful young man. And, oh, look, he's got me a big smile. That's because I have a mask. If I take the mask, you might not smile. But I call you blessed. I call you blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll get out of the way so I can take a look. What a beautiful little young man. Look at this. Isn't he awesome? <laughs> he looks more like a preacher than I do. Look at that. All right, let's give the Lord a big hand clap. Thank you, guys. God bless you. She doesn't want to give it back. I said, Monica doesn't want to give it back. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> God bless all of you. You may be seated to church. Isn't that cool? Thank you so much. This is, I truly enjoy this part. You know, I don't like doing funerals, and I don't like doing other things. I'm not going to say what, but, but you know, eh, we're not going to go there, are you? I can take this. I can breathe now. Whew. I'm back. Now, just out of respect for the family and the baby, but... Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, that was great. You know, it's, um, it's been kind of a mixed moment, emotionally speaking, because and I hope I don't break down at this moment, but um, a very, very, very close friend of mine. I mean, I got, I got probably four very close friends in my life. I'm talking what I call brothers. One of them sitting on that front row, HH. And then there was another guy and, that carries, you know, the same love and appreciation for H, and his name was Israel Aguilar. He passed away yesterday, and he was, um, and it was of COVID. He lives in Novo Laredo, so it's hard to reach out and all that, but um, he, he's been a friend, and he knew, I, I led him to the Lord. And he wasn't a guy that, you know, you'd say he would go a lot to church, but he, sometimes he acted more as a Christian than others. But, you know, nonetheless, it's somebody you love, and I feel kind of like Jesus when they told him John the Baptist. You know, we know he's in heaven. And for those of you that have gone through this process, even in this horrible season that we're living this one really hit home because this is really the closest that I've had to deal with a home going connected to COVID. And, you know, heaven is real. And I just want to, so everybody relaxes on this thing as Christians. You know, heaven is very real. It's just, you know, it's just as real as we are, even more real. But, but also the pain is real, you know, um, the home going pain and so forth. So, so if you're in that situation, you know, just be encouraged that if you know that person. I, I just thank God that, you know, we've had a lot of home goings in our life, but every one of those home goings, we know for a fact that they were born-again believers of Jesus. And I'll tell you, if you don't believe in heaven, then you don't believe in any of this. Heaven is our destination, amen? So, you know, that happens, and then, but then you have the hope of this 
And it just, you know, one moves to heaven, but now we have the hope of future, the hope of a baby being presented, the miracle, the life that has come. So, you know, it's kind of one of those days where, where you see both, you know, both items come together or both points come together. So it's been a kind of a strange couple of days, but praise God. We're here. God is on the throne. Amen. And we're going to continue to pursue this series. It's been really, really good. I think I've gotten a lot of it out of it. You know, we, we do something like this similar every year. So if you heard this, you know, don't, well, I've already heard it. Well, you haven't heard this. You might have heard something similar to it. Oh, the kids? No, they're going to stay today. No, just kidding. I'm not supposed to do that. Okay, children, you are dismissed. <laughs> Super kids is wide open. Let's give them a big hand clap. Maybe they'll encourage to go to the door. All right. Thanks. I don't know if you were telling me, slow down. You're going to, I don't know. He was giving me hand signals. He's going, I said, sereno, moreno. I don't know what he was telling me, you know. Glory to God. Let's get right into the word this, this, this morning. So we've been on this um, since last week of January. I mean, December. We, we started this series which is called First Things First. And it really refers to understanding, you know, what are our priorities as believers and what are expectations, what is God's expectations, because, you know, Christianity, if you're not careful, can become a very grayish, mushy thing. And again, you know, we, we're not to judge anybody, but you can judge the fruit. Jesus gave you permission so I don't think we should pass judgment on anybody. But, you know, you can see somebody and say, well, you know, if you call yourself an apple tree, at some point there need to be apples on there. Say amen. And if you call yourself a Christian, there should be some evidence of it somewhere. Thank you for the two amens and one holy grunt I got out of that one. Because Christianity is not about Sunday morning. You do know that, right? Christianity is a lifestyle. It's stuff like this. You know, and I was telling Laura when I was sharing their testimony of the baby, I said, this is what Faithway is about right there. That's all it's about. That's, if you want to say, what are we about? That's it right there. Where family can come in with a situation that is complicated. They can believe God. They get other believers behind them to believe God with them. And then we have a miracle. We have restoration. And we have people now that are closer to God than ever, not because the preacher said come to Jesus, but because Jesus is manifested in their life in a very special and unique way. And I think that's what the church should be built around, Right? I mean, not just, oh, I go to church on Sunday. So when you talk about, you know, Jesus making this statement that we've been doing, you know, for a few weeks now. I'm putting my clicker now. I had it here. Here it is. And um, let's see if it's going to work. Is my outline up there, Maurice? Yeah, there we go. Thank you. So he made this statement. I'm going to try to get into some of this. And this is really what the bases are. And, of course, we've been on this for weeks. So you have to read before it and what it how it comes to this point. But he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added. And what he's referring to, the, the, the addition that he's referring to, is everything that everybody out there is looking for. So even though it's a very po- profound spiritual statement, he's referring to the here and now. He's referring to this, you know, this, this brother of mine, I, I'll call him a brother because he was like a brother to me, you know, he moved to heaven yesterday. Guess what? In heaven, you don't need to believe God for healing. You don't need to believe God for babies. You don't need to believe God for money and get your kids off of drugs and get your marriage restored and dealing with depression and anxiety and cancers and all these things. You see, heaven has nothing of those things. So everything 
that we do other than bring somebody to the feet of Jesus, everything else is about the here and now. Amen? So when you, you know, the Bible says anyone that calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's not, you know, if you go to Faithway, if you go, no, it doesn't matter. If you believe in Jesus, I don't care what church brand you go to, you're going to heaven. But once we, once we resolve that, you know, if that was the only purpose of Christianity, the Bible would be a very short book. Right, Joe? It would just have John 3.16, that's all we need. Everything else, just one verse, be a little tiny book. But we have this massive book of information. So what is that about? Because it's about here. It's about bringing heaven to earth. And for those of you who know the Lord's Prayer, it's, it's stuck right in the middle of the Lord's Prayer. You know, he said, your kingdom come, your will be done. And then Jesus makes this very simple statement, but very profound. He says, on earth, where? Talk to me. As it is in heaven. So, that, so, that, so, so Jesus was trying to get us to understand, there's a, there's a better way. And I'm telling you, I don't know, how you might, you know, you got to read the times, you got to read or the signs of the times, the world is, you know, it just keeps turning like in the wrong direction, amen? But for the church, that doesn't affect it. And that's what, you know, that's been our message for, you know, 27 years now, that you can live a better way. This is not our first crisis. You know, COVID's not our first crisis. You know, I mean, there's a lot of crises we've, we've gone through since the 90s. But, you know, God never, not, God never changed. In the middle of an economic crisis in 2008, 2009, some of you know what I'm talking about. Nobody lost their job in this church. If anything, we increased. Can you hear an amen? When the world was going south, we were increasing. I went from almost losing my home to going into a debt-free home. <laughs> you know, the world's going under in the real estate market. says, God, let me show you what I do. You see, and that's the thing. God has a way of always doing things pretty much contrary to the way the world tries to do them. You know, God says something. We'll see it this morning, you know, about some other things. But, um, you know, he says things that the world doesn't understand. You know, for example, forgive. You know, the world usually processes that like, well, I'll forgive, but I'll never forget. Well, that doesn't count. Because you know, you're basically saying, I don't forgive. <laughs> so, you know, there, there, there are challenges that in the world, you don't, you're not under a commitment to forgive. You're more of a commitment to have some vengeance applied, right? You're over there to try to get even. Well, God says, no, that's not the way we do it. So the kingdom of God becomes, and I just mentioned that as an illustration, the, the kingdom of God really becomes the system of God. This is not heaven. Heaven is called the kingdom of heaven. Amen? So when he refers to the kingdom of God, he's referring to God's government, the way God does what he does, the system, the process. And I think a lot of believers don't see the benefits of this amazing life because they don't quite understand that. So my job is really to, you know, bring that to you. And you guys know our mission, and our mission statement is very simple. I, I said this in, in our Laredo campus last Sunday. I said, you know, my whole thing, you know, you, you'll get theology here. I like theology. I really, I really enjoy Bible, and I enjoy history, and I get into it. But theology is not going to help you. It's going to make you smart Bible. You know, you'll be, you'll be smart about the Bible. But I know people that know more about the Bible, but there's no evidence in their life of any of it. I mean, they can quote chapter and verse way better than I can. But then you look at their life. You remember I told you that if you call yourself an apple tree, at some point we should see some apples. Amen? And it's, again, it's not a judgment. So you begin to see as a passion, see how come some families are tracking and the blessing is, and it has nothing to do with how long you've been in the church. That's what people mistake, because this is not like a job. Well, you have to be here 10 years before you have seniority. No, you have to have faith. 
And if you have faith, when you walk in, maybe you walked in the building for the first time today, maybe you don't know Jesus, you, you bring Jesus into your life today, and you're in the exact same place that I am. Not because, you know, I might know a little more about the Bible, but as far as, as, far as being a child of God, God sees us all the same. So then the question is, does God pick favorites? Of course not. God does not make an exception of people. He doesn't have, he's, what he makes an exception of is faith. I mean, that's what the Bible says, you know. And so now as a believer, we have to get on this trek. So I'm going to heaven, so heaven is not the major theme. We, you know, someday, you know, if the Lord directs me, I'll preach about heaven. It's a beautiful place. But most of, our, you know, most of what we do here is trying to get people to say, okay, how does this thing work? Amen? And one of the early, early things that, that, and I really thank God, so I got, again, you know, you guys know my story. You know, I, I was raised in church, raised in a Christian school, but then I took 14 years, what I call the world tour, and I wasn't about playing in a band. It was about the world, trying to destroy my life in the world for 14 years. And so been there, done that. Um, I could tell you stories you probably wouldn't even believe growing up in Mexico and central Mexico. I could, all kinds of wild things that happened to me. But no, we come back, and I, I come back in 1992 with a tore, completely tore up life, tore up physically, tore up emotionally, tore up marriage. I mean, there was nothing unemployed. I mean, you name it, we had it all, <laughs> as far as the curse is concerned. Sick, you know, we tended to, to be very sickly. The kids were sick. And we come into this thing, and God already showed me an amazing miracle. But then I began to listen to some things that really became foundation into my life. And I can tell you, I got a hold of what I'm going to teach to you today if we finish, if not, we'll finish it next week. There's no rush. But um, what I got a hold of in 1992, 1993, 94, and then my wife and I, we didn't sit down and say, we're going to make a decision. We just kind of by default chose to live this way. And it was based on, on this idea of what is the kingdom of God and, and, all, and all these attributes, because then you begin to find out, and, and this is another message, but it's the same thing, that's things like strife and anger and unforgiveness and all this stuff that we're always, in, you know, people get involved in so easily. All those things kind of move you out of, of it doesn't move you out of heaven. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. You're, you're born again. You're saved. You're going to heaven unless you absolutely reject God in some form or fashion. But what I'm talking about is being within the kingdom of God because these, this is a kingdom. These are the boundaries. Just like any nation has borders. This one doesn't have borders that we can see, but it does have spiritual boundaries. Amen. And there's believers who say, well, how come this is not working for me? Well, this is really easy. Christian counseling is one of the easiest things because 100% of the time, it's your fault or somebody you're related to or somebody did it to you. But guess whose fault it's not? God's. Well, the devil, yeah, the devil is, the devil is a, he will, he's an opportunist, but he, he needs to catch you first. Because remember last week we talked about Jesus didn't stutter when he said the evil one can touch you not? That's a pretty simple statement. But nonetheless, we see that we see demonic stuff happen in people's life. When I say demonic, doesn't mean exorcism. You know, sickness and disease is not from God. God did not put COVID on this planet. God did not put AIDS on this planet. God didn't put cancer on this planet. This is a broken system. You know, when God created man, they'd live, they'd live even, even in a broken down state. Adam almost lived a thousand years. Because there's nothing to be sick of. You know your body, you know, I got my doctor sitting on the front row saying, careful, but your body, and you can give me that sort of right. <laughs> One day when I'm not here, he'll correct all my medical messes. I know, Dr. Garza's in the house. 
But is it correct, H, that every cell in your body is recreated every seven years, something like that? See? Almost all. So I was pretty close. But think about it. Your body really, science doesn't really understand why you age. Is that correct? I mean, you age. They can figure out you age because you're getting old. But your body technically shouldn't get old, according to God's standard, because everything's made new. But then you're in a broken system, a polluted system, a sinful system, and all this stuff begins to stack up. And now we went from living almost 1,000 years, you know, to living, you know, 80, 70, whatever the lifespan is in the natural. So all these things I'm telling you is you have to get a hold of what the kingdom of God is. And then your whole life pursuit is basically navigating within this thing and trying to make it. That's why it's so easy to forgive. Because the price of unforgiveness is greater than the price, you know, that, you know what I'm going to lose by choosing not to forgive you is so much that, I, you know what, I know I just choose to forgive you. Because I don't want to move out of this place where the blessing is at. Amen? So let's go into it. So we've been talking, you know, if you're new to this, everything's on Facebook, archived, every, you know, we have podcasts out there. Everything we do is free. You know, I say, well, I don't know how to download podcasts. Well, you get a, like a three-year-old, and he'll show you how it works. <laughs> you know, nowadays these kids are, I got my, my granddaughter is one year, a little over one year, about a year and a half old, and she's like, amazing, you know. Anyway, let's go into this this morning. So, Isaiah 55 or 6, um, I'll be reading here out of mine, but you can follow on the screens. He says, seek the Lord while he may be found, call on him while he is near, and then he begins with a series of instructions, and I want to get to one point, but there's a lot in here, and I don't want to preach this. It, would, it does preach, trust me. He said, let the wicked forsake their ways and then righteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he have mercy on them, and to our God, for he will freely pardon. And then, this is the me that I want to get to. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts your thoughts, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed to the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but I will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Now pay very close attention to this because God has given us some, some instructions here. What is the very first word that you see on the screen? Just everybody say it. Say it like you already had your coffee. Thank you. That's a lot better. Um, what did Jesus say a few moments ago? Seek. Right? Seek ye first the kingdom. So now we have two areas, one in the Old Testament and one in the New Testament, where the Spirit of God is saying, hey, you need, you need to be on a pursuit of this. So he goes on to say, seek the Lord while he may be found, and call on him while he is near. Now, that, that's pretty much obvious. You know, you seek him, you call on him, but then he really tells you how this thing works. He already given us an insight of how do you seek God? Do you seek God by going to church? Yes. But I'll tell you, church is just two hours of your whole week. Amen. You know, and I, I don't, I'm not one to do the math. You know, how many hours does a week have? What is it? Is it 1440 or something like that? You know, thousands of hours, 1,400 and something. I don't know. But my point is, if this is it, you need to get on the program. Because seeking is not just something that we do on Sunday morning, it is an everyday activity. Every day. Seeking on how do you behave, seeking on what is God's opinion about this, seeking, you know, it's, it's 
it's a pursuit, it's a heart's desire. You say, well, how do I know, Pastor, I'm pursuing? If you're, looking, if you're reading your Bible while nobody's watching, you're pursuing. If you only pull out your Bible when somebody's going to watch you, come on. Let me just say, say, come on, man. That's all I'm going to say about that. Right? I mean, you can say you're a Christian, but then you approve everything that God hates. That's why I threw that out there, because that's the truth. I'm not making any judgment. I'm saying they profess Christianity, but their actions say we're against Christianity. Hello? Well, Christians, you know, maybe then you're not at that level, but, you know, you can say, well, I'm a Christian. But, you know, nowadays hardly anybody has paper Bibles, but back in the day, you know, you have a paper Bible, bring it to church. You got your name on it. You hold it high so everybody sees you got it. Right? And you're over there amening and praise God and highlighting. And as soon as you get in your car, boom, it goes in the back seat. And it doesn't come out till next Sunday when you drive up to the church. Let me get my Bible. They got Kool-Aid on it and cobwebs. And... But I'm back in church. But the, from Monday to Saturday, your life was a wreck. Right? Not a wreck, but it just seems like things keep not going your way. And this cycle continues from Sunday to Sunday, year to year. And you can spend your whole life in church, and you'll get to heaven. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But you will see very little evidence of this. You'll hear the preacher say, God wants you healthy, and you will always remain sick. You'll, see, you'll hear the preacher say, you know, God can prosper you, but, prosper you, but you're always broke. Amen. Hey, all right, if you don't want to say amen, that's fine. I, brought, I got a whole bunch of amens up here. I'll just, I'll just use them all. That's a fact. I mean, come on, guys, we've got to be real. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got to be real. This is about being real. I don't, li- I don't like phony. I don't like phonies behind pulpits, and I don't like phonies, you know. And those of you that know me close by, I don't have a different voice behind the pulpit than I do in front of the pulpit. Amen. My, most of my family is here. My daughter couldn't make it because she lives on the radio. She was planning to come. You know, she'll go to church tonight. I live with these people. Live with me, and they don't have to be in church. They're all adults. But hopefully, I've lived my life—not perfect, but hopefully, I've lived my life where we've reflected a little bit of who God is. Because we're not perfect, you know. And I think it is vital that we understand this because the world is watching you. Your friends are watching you. Your neighbors are watching you. And they don't really care how much you know about the Bible. What, what they're going to ask you is, how come you're happy when everybody else is not? How come you're not phased because there's an economic crisis? How come you're not scared, silly, locked up in your house because of COVID? See, people want to know that. They're not, they don't want to know Paul's journeys. They're not going to ask you about, hey, did Paul end up going to Spain or not? You're not you know, you, you, maybe you will get that one. I don't know. No, that, you know, most people want to know, these are the conversations you're going to have with your family and friends. My marriage is in a mess. I just got diagnosed with cancer. I'm losing my home. I don't have a job. My kid is on drugs. I'm suicidal. I'm dealing with depression. I don't sleep at night. That's the kind of stuff you're going to hear. And they're going to look at you and say, how come you got peace? How come you do sleep at night? How come you're, you're not broke? And then you say, because of the kingdom of God. And now this becomes, you see, now this becomes an attention getter because they, that's, what, that's who we are. We should be announcements for the kingdom. And I'm telling you, more, more people are going to get way more out of watching your life than you trying to beat them up with the Bible. 
Well, you know you're going to hell if you don't go to church. Really? Come on. People try that on me, and that didn't get me to church. That only made me angrier. Okay? So God gives us his instructions. He says, seek the Lord. You know, I could just say amen. We could all go home now, right? (laughs) Seek the Lord. That's your instructions. I'll see you next Sunday. See if you did it. But then he tells you that he has thoughts that are higher than your thoughts. And that's, we'll talk about that later. I want to get to that one. He says, and he says, my ways are higher than your ways. Now, here's the thing where people sometimes get bogged down. They say, well, there it is, Pastor Box. I'm never going to walk where God walks. I'm never going to, he thinks bigger than me, his ways. No, he's not, he's not saying you can't walk in his ways. He's just saying his ways are higher than your ways. That's all he's saying. Amen? He's saying, I got, a, I got something better than what you got. I still love you if you want to stay there, but you, if you want to come up to this place, there's a way to do it. And that's really what the premise of this whole series is. So, he, and then he tells you the way. It's not like he hid it from you. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Oh, your my, my ways, not ways, declares the Lord, as the heavens are higher than the earth. Okay? And now he makes another example. The heavens, meaning the atmosphere, space, so forth. He says, that's, hard, that's pretty obvious. That's pretty simple. You know, a three-year-old could understand this. He says, that's the way my ways and my thoughts are compared to your ways and your thoughts. So in other words, you have a way of thinking you got a way of living. you got a way of everything. you got a way of thinking. Amen? And, you, and again, I keep saying the statement because I've had, I've had people, so, Pastor, you know, if you don't understand the kingdom of God, you're going to hell. I know. That's, going to heaven is not tied to this. To get to heaven, you need Jesus. That's it. I'm talking about living days of heaven on earth. That's what we're referring to. So then he goes on to say, as the rain, and he makes another example, just in case, because we're very dense, right? We're very thick. So he says, if you didn't get that one, let me give you another one. So now he's going to start zeroing in on what the meat is. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed. Everybody say seed. For the sower, say it, and bread for the eater. Well, this is what Paul mentions in Corinthians, remember? He quotes this. So is my word. I'll let that one hang a little bit. So in other words, if you want to know how God's word works, watch, how, watch the interaction between rain and seed. That's, that's basically the thing. You know, God created this earth, and he set things in motion, and we can observe nature. Romans chapter 1 and chapter 2 kind of lead you in that direction. We can observe nature. And see God. And if you wonder if God exists, go up there and look at the night sky sometime. And just keep looking at it. You'll see all kinds of funky stuff up there, right? It's like lights and things. And, but, you know, God has this way of saying, this is the way my word works. You want to walk in the highways of God? You want to walk in the higher way of thinking? This is how it works. Everybody say, this is how it works. And then he gives you an example. And he says, so is my word. How is his word, church? As verse 10. It has to come down, it has to water a seed, and it has to sprout. It says, so is my word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty. And I love this part because this is, I mean, this is like the meat of the meat of the meat. But will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Now, I don't want to get too bogged down on this point, but i got to make a statement. So God said, for example, by the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. That's a word from God. 
That's just a simple word. That's not Pastor Box's opinion. That's just a word from God. He bore all my sickness and all my disease on that cross. He took all my shame, all my sin, right? Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I'm just quoting scripture to you right now. Those are all words from God. So he's saying, as my word goes out from my mouth, pay attention now. So if God says, by the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. In, in Isaiah, he says, you are healed. In, in Peter, he says, you were healed. Because the sacrifice has been taken care of at the cross of Jesus. Amen? So now, you're going to, you find yourself in a position where you're going to have to start making decisions based on the word. Not based on what Faithway preaches, not based on our, our doctrine. No, no. What did the word say about it? And really, all the debate is over there. Because it doesn't matter how you feel, it doesn't matter what you think about it. It just says, the word says. Amen. And, and, you know, again, during a pandemic, and these are things when, I guess what I'm trying to do is I say things that maybe I need to clarify a little more because I don't want it to sound like, like an arrogant statement. But when I say we don't get sick, it's not just, I'm not basing that on my opinion. I'm basing it on what he said. Well, what happens if you get sick? It still doesn't change the word. You're not lesser of a person. You're not less spiritual if you do get sick. The word just simply said, by the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. And, and so, as a believer, my job is to not accept, how can I put it this way, the power. In other words, I reject the power of sickness and disease because it's not part of what God said. But it does, it's not just by rejecting it. I'm growing in this idea and I was sharing, I had a lunch meeting with one of our leaders from Laredo this week, and I was sharing some of these things with them, and I said, you know, here's what you've got to understand. You know, I mean, we try to live by the word. And sometimes you may come across as, oh, well, you're just a fanatic. Okay, just make sure you add blessed to the word fanatic. And you say fanatic, and you add the word healed to it. We were exposed, my wife and I and my grandson, we were exposed all day Christmas Day to two people that had full-blown COVID. We didn't know it. They didn't know it. The 26th, they were completely sick with COVID. Now, they're doing fine, and they're, you know, they're part of my family. They're doing great now. They're past all that. But I'm saying, we were there for hours, and it's Christmas, and you got a hug, right? Oh, y'all know. You're Mexicans. You're stiff arm, fist bump. <laughs> You know, Mexicans, we're, we're recoiling because we can't hug people, right? It's like, that's, that's so in, woven into our culture, you know? No, it's, you're just spending Christmas with your family, and you're, everybody's hugging in pictures and goodbye, and you kiss them goodbye and everything, and then the next morning they wake up sick, and then by Sunday they know they're, they're COVID positive. So, did I, we go into fear? I said, no. We're gonna, so, so what do we do? Well, you got to wait a certain amount of days, blah, blah, blah. So we waited the amount of days, and, of course, they, we went, and we tested, and everyone was negative. Is it that we're better than them? No. It's just simply we've grown in an in, in in understanding of the word. This is not about who's better. I'm trying to build a bridge for you guys, church. I've been doing this almost 30 years. But if you get this, you don't have to wait 30 years. You could just take this home in a couple hours and begin to apply it over your kids, apply it into your life, apply these truths. So that's what he's saying. He says, my word will accomplish what I sent it for. But then, then we have to bring this into reality. So why does it seem like we still struggle? You know, ¿Por qué batallamos tanto, right? Is it God's fault? Just resolve that. No. 
And I'm going to help you. Is it the devil's fault? No. I mean, he's an opportunist. Remember that. You open the door, he'll take the whole house. He'll take the whole house. I mean, he's not going to just take a bedroom. He's taking the whole house and the car and the truck and the dog, everything. That's the way the devil works. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his mission. Now, if you crack that door open like, oh, Mr. Devil, he'll blow that door down. And before he's done, everyone's, you know, he, 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 does not, he doesn't quit. But he can't just come in. Because if he can't just come in, then Jesus is a liar, and I don't believe Jesus is a liar. Amen? But it does come to this. What are you doing with the Word of God? Do you know one of the references of Jesus? He was, no, he was known as the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Why, why would Jesus be called the Word? Right? Because he represented. So every time you find a promise, let me help you with this one, the essence of Christ is in that promise. This is not just a book. This is not a textbook. This is a living, breathing, let me put it this way, voice-activated book. Meaning that word can sit in your head and have no influence, or it can sink into your heart where you begin to talk different, you begin to think different, and because your thinking and your talking is different, guess what's starting to change? Your behavior starts to change. Amen. So, people, so you can't get anybody to change, but if you can get them to get, start getting in the Word, the Word will change the way they, they think. And if they change, change the way they think, they'll change the way they behave. All right? Let's keep going. So, and then he says, you know, it will, oh, this is so good how it finishes. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands instead of thorn bush. That sounds like South Texas, right? Will grow the juniper, and instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. And for our language, it would be called carillos, all right? Instead of carillos, right? Because that's what we deal with down here. This will be for the Lord's renown. I know some of our online audience is like, what's a cadillo? Don't worry about it. You don't want to know. If you want to know, I'll mail you some. Just plant them in your yard, and they'll never, ever, ever, ever go away. <laughs> this will be for the Lord's renown. Pay attention now. For an everlasting sign. God wants you blessed. He's on a mission to make you an advertiser of heaven. That's his mission. He wants you to be the biggest advertiser that heaven has. And not by just being good at preaching, but by people observing your life. I already said that. So now we're going to get into, I kind of left this statement hanging. So back in 1992, 93, I'm about to get into this truth. So this was kind of like the introduction. And again, you guys know I have the service at 1 in Laredo, so I've got to get out of here as soon as I'm done. But if we don't finish, please come back next week. Because you, you got to get this. So my wife and I began to move into this direction because we, we began to see it through the Bible that this was one of the foundations of understanding the kingdom of God. And he mentions it here. A lot of what I already said, I'm just going to kind of expound now with Scripture what we're talking about. Let's keep moving. So the next one is what I call the Genesis principle. And in the Genesis principle, God gives us two gifts. Genesis chapter 1. And again, I was, I'm going to read it pretty quick just because I don't want the time to go. So this is where you find it in these three verses, verses 26 to 29. God said, let us make man in our own image after likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle, over the earth and over a creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. I always like that because you have authority over creeps. There you go. I'm just saying. It's right there. So God created man in his own image and the image of God created him. Can you guys just read the next two words just so we're clear? Male and female. That's it. That's all he created. 
Thank you for your excitement on that revelation. Because right now they're trying to push a whole different agenda on us, if you haven't noticed. I feel bad, really, let me get off my spiritual moment. I really feel bad for women in sports now. That's not even, I mean, it's, it's sad. Because women work very hard to attain excellence in their sports. And with all this craziness that's going on now, they're done. Because all the, all the guys, all the men that can't beat men, now are going to put on a wig and go beat women. Progress. So ladies, y'all go back to the kitchen and cook for your husband because you're not going to play any more sports ever again, you know. No, I mean, it's just crazy time. No, God said he made male, female. He created them, and God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in that which is the fruit of the tree-yielding seed, so that it shall be for meat. So in all that, he's gave you two gifts. Number one, he gave you authority. Everybody say authority. authority. And we'll talk about that in a few weeks, because that's a whole little subject in itself. Christians need to understand spiritual authority. A lot of your headaches is because you're not exercising authority. He gave you authority. And he gave you authority, and then he gave you seed. And he gave you not just seeds for plants. He gave you seed for everything. He gave you seed to make other humans. It's everything is based on these two principles. So the two gifts that you find here that God puts on mankind right at the beginning of creation is he gives them seed and he gives them authority. And those are the two principles that have to function in your life if you're going to work the kingdom of God principles. You have to understand this. This is the foundation pretty much of everything we're talking about. So he said, let me go to Mark chapter 4 now. Okay, now we're going to break it down. I had so many scriptures this morning. I deleted like 10 because there's no way we would finish. So Jesus is talking, and he just taught the, the, the parable of the sower, soweth the word, and he already expounded on it. But then I'm just going to pull one statement out of here, and actually in two places. So after the whole parable of Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter 4, verse 26, and verse 30 and 32, I, I, I skipped a few scriptures. I just want to make a point. So Jesus is speaking. He said, so is the kingdom of God. Everybody say, so is the kingdom of God. He's about to tell you how this thing works. It's not, it's not a secret. As if a man should cast seed to the ground. You can say it if you want. That's it. He says, the kingdom of God, because, you know, everything that Jesus teaches, even God teaches, even in Isaiah, he says, it's like rain, right? It's like the rain comes down. It's like the snow comes down. Everything is taught in parables in parallels so you can relate in life to something that you know how it works. So he says, what can we compare it to? It's like a grain. Now, now we're at verse 30 and 32. It's like a grain of a mustard seed. So three times in Mark chapter 4, Jesus, this is two other times. The other one I'm not going to read it because it's super long. But he says that there, the kingdom of God is likened unto the process of a seed. There is nothing in this earth that did not come from seed. Amen? You came from seed. Plants come from seed. Everything came from seed. The, word, the world was created by the seed of the word of God. God said, that's a seed, the word. God saw. Remember that. He didn't, he didn't this is horrible English. God did not saw first. Because that's what, that's what Christians do. Well, I got to see something. God bless you, Thomas. You know, that's what Christians. 
Well, I, I want to see something. No, 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 it doesn't work that way. You don't get to eat an apple until you plant an apple seed. Thank you. Well, you could go to H-E-B, I guess, right? Somebody planted an apple seed. Somebody planted an apple seed somewhere. There's a tree somewhere that that apple you're eating came from. Okay, I got another question for you. How, you can tell me, if, I, if we see a full-blown apple tree, you know, you could go there and probably count all the apples, right? This tree has 50 apples. This one has 75. This one has 10. This one has none, whatever. So question, how many apple trees, or let me put it this way, how many apple, yeah, how many apple trees are in a seed? <laughs> Somebody start trying to do the math. Let me get my calculator out. You don't know. Do you realize that when you eat any kind of anything, from meat to fruit, you're actually connected to something that happened in the Garden of Eden? There was a study. I wish I'd, I'd, I got to start printing this stuff out. I don't know if you heard about this one, because it was from the scientific community. This is not a spiritual study. This is science keeps verifying this stuff is true. They don't even know it. They determined through DNA analysis that everybody came from two people. One? Right? I mean, did you hear about that statement? Is that, is that sort of correct? They're not looking for God. They're just determined through DNA. So, but they want to say that you probably came from a monkey or something like that. But so, There's people I wonder about. But most people don't. I'm in that weird mood this morning. I apologize. It's just been a long weekend already. You know, God's, God's healing me because when I, I was so sad yesterday with the news I heard. I was, I was totally heartbroken. I was. And I, and I was coming to church, and I said, I wonder if that anointing to make people laugh will show up. I guess it did, because <laughs> I did not feel being silly. I, didn't, I was like, I'm just going to preach. I'm going to get out of here and you know, go to the other one, preach, and go home and go to sleep. No. No, God is so very gracious. So he makes a you know, it's like a grain of a mustard seed. Then he makes a statement of how, and if you've never seen a mustard seed, it's tiny. It looks like dust. It's one of the smallest seeds you can imagine. But then when it's sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all the herbs. But what is the condition of the seed? It has to be sown. It's amazing to me, if you don't think God is real, I mean, I know you guys do, but if there's people watching online, question, how can you take a seed and store it for 40 years in a jar and it still works? Because once you take that little seed out and you stick it in some dirt and you put the water on it, that seed knows exactly what it's supposed to do. And it can sit there for 50 years, apparently dead. But that seed has something special. Something in, that, you know, something in that seed knows what to do if it's placed in the right environment. Amen. And everything comes from this process. Every plant, every person, everything came from seed. So now that you, you know, the nature itself tells us how the kingdom of God is wired. So you don't have to just say, well, I don't know about this message, Pastor. I'm going to use a lot of scripture because I'm trying to get you to understand something. So... You know, let's keep moving on this. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, big, big statement. This is right after the flood. God makes this promise to Noah. He says, while the earth remains, does the earth still remain? Thank you. That wasn't a deep, some of you, huh? I don't know. Seed time. And harvest. Some translations actually say harvest time. And cold and heat. And summer and winter. And day and night shall not cease. 
So if we're still experiencing day and night, which we are, if we're still experiencing cold and hot, summer and winter, if we're still experiencing it, guess what still works? That. That's a promise of God. He says, as long as this earth, as long as you're seeing the system work, as long as it's raining, as long as it's getting hot and cold, as long as it's day and night, there's something else that's still working. And it's called seed time and harvest time. So now, as a believer, like I said, this is the truth. And I'll, and I'll share, if I have time, I'll share a couple of stories that are really, really cool because of, of oh God, amazing things that he's done with these principles in our life. So what I begin to see, church, and if you want to take a note or make a mental note of it, is that God gave every human the ability to control their own destiny. Because a lot of people live like a predestinated attitude that says, you know, que sera, sera, you know, whatever happens, my life's already marked, I'm going to die. No, I don't believe that at all. He set a course for you that he desires for you to get to. Now, I know I always use this illustration, maybe overuse it, but for those that are newer. You know, if, I, if you ask me, Pastor, I need to go to San Antonio. I have a desire to go to San Antonio. I, how can I get there? I would say, look, you come up here to the light, make a left, drive the speed limit so you don't get arrested, and don't stop for about 150 miles, and you'll get to San Antonio. Okay? Gave clear instructions. But the person says, well, you know, I don't really like Highway 16. Okay? Well, there's longer ways to get there if you want. But I think of, I don't really like you, preacher, because, you know, I just don't like what you say. And because I don't like you, I think I'm going to turn right. Where do you want to go? I want to go to San Antonio. Okay? That's not the way to San Antonio. I don't care what you say. I'm going to San Antonio. I'm making a right. You know, that's how Christians live their life. I'm, I'm, being, I'm using silly illustrations because God says, turn right. You're like, I don't feel like turning right, sir. And then you justify the turn. So you make a left turn. You know? Well, in this case, it would be the right turn because you're trying to get San Antonio. And now you're in Zapata, and then you're trying to get San Antonio. And then the Lord says, well, you know, you could make a U-turn. No, I don't like it. I don't want to do that. Okay, then you end up in McAllen. Then you make another right turn. Now you're in Mexico. Now you're in big trouble. <laughs> now the cartels are watching you. And all these bad decisions. And how did you go from wanting to go to San Antonio to being kidnapped in Mexico? <laughs> And then you're back. Well, I guess God didn't want me in San Antonio. No, honey, you've made a lot of bad decisions. God still has a predestinated place for your life. Are you listening to me, church? God has a predestinated plan for you, and it's a good plan. It's all over the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, but it's going to be up to a lot of decision-making on your part. And Christians are the funniest people because, we, you know, a lot of people, even in the world, they accept their responsibility for when they mess stuff up. Christians don't. Christians mess something up and they blame me. And then, you know, if, and, you know I just leave because Pastor Bach and God, and, and Laudo especially, this guy, <laughs> troublemaker. And all these excuses for leaving the church or not going to, you know, and at the end of the day, it was your and your only decision. And you got nobody to blame for the mess you're in except you. And the devil just partnered up with you and made it major mess. It was a mess, and then he brought his influence and made it, like I said, you, open, you crack that door to your house, he's getting it all. He's not just taking the TV, he's taking everything. And your kids with it. And your marriage with it. That's how this works, church. We, we're living in, we've always been living in dangerous times. 
So he says, you know, this is going on. All right, let's keep moving forward because we're about to get to the meat. So the law of the kingdoms work in the spirit and in the natural. So you have this other person, for example. So now we understand seed, time, and harvest. So God gave you the ability to control your own destiny or your own destination. Pay attention to this by the seeds that you sow. You know, a farmer, if he doesn't want to, to have corn as a harvest this year, the, the one thing he, he doesn't want to do is sow corn. Right? I mean, I didn't want corn. How come I got corn? Uh, you planted it. How come I don't have any friends? Mm, you planted it. You see how this works? You are living today in your harvest. Whatever that is. I mean, I'll give you scripture for this. I know some of you are giving me that, hey, pastor's on our case. I'm not on your case. I'm telling you. My wife and I made a choice early, early, early in our Christian walk to say, you know, we're going to live this way. And we were broke, and we would give it all away. Just recently, you know, for years, we've still done it. We've given, for example, guitars. I remember giving, putting lots of guitars into Mexico and Cuba. But I remember even giving one of my, because some of them we'd buy them for that, but I remember God telling me about a guitar. And, oh, I struggle with that, because it was an American-made Fender Strat, not that anybody cares. But when he told me to plant it, it was a test, right? Guess what? Every time I turn around, somebody's giving me another guitar. The day I, yesterday I said, I'm going to put them all on the wall. I think there's like eight, nine, ten guitars on the wall. That's beautiful. Caden walks into my office and says, it looks like a museum. I said, yes, it does. <laughs> it's called harvest. You can't sow something in the kingdom of God and God not produce a harvest on it. You'll be surprised at stuff that happens. My wife, many, many years ago, we were at a, at a believer's convention in Fort Worth, and we were sitting at the pastoral, the minister's section, and right in front of us was a lady that we know, didn't know, we don't know where she was, obviously she was a minister, and we're just there, and, and the service was so annoying to the presence of God, was so, and, and my wife looks at me and she says, you know, the Lord's prompting in my heart that I've got to give my necklace to that lady. I'm like, what? I, I paid for that, are you kidding me? That was my reaction, I'm like... That might be the devil talking. I don't know, you know. We need to call our pastor and make sure we're good on this one. But I know where that's coming from because we are sensitive to that. And my flesh was like, yeah, that was a nice necklace. <laughs> I said, you do what the Lord tells you. So, you know, service is over and you get the lunch break. And everybody's leaving and Monica taps the shoulder of this lady and she turns around and Monica hands her. This is the Lord told me to give you this. And she grabs it, and she just begins weeping, 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 weeping. Now, we don't know what was going on in her life. Guess what? I don't care to know what's going on in her life. If the Lord told you to do something, you just need to do it. I don't know if she was there and said, God, unless you show up, I'm quitting the ministry. I don't know. Or maybe she's dealing something in her life as a minister that maybe she, trust me, I've been there, that you think God has forsaken you. We don't know what's going on. But you have to be obedient. And my wife sewed this beautiful necklace. This was, gosh, this probably in the late 90s or early 2000s, everywhere I go, including Cuba, Navajo Nation, Ukraine, even when she doesn't go. I've been in Ukraine. This, is, this has happened. I've been in conferences, preaching, talking to people, and some old, sweet, you know, Ukrainian grandma would come up to me, and she'd be holding something in her hand, and she said, this is for your wife. Remember that? And she gave us some beautiful antique earrings. And I go, you know, we go to the Navajo Reservation. We're eating lunch there at Cameron. You guys have been there. And 
people that we, we, we know, you know, we know of them, but we got actually a lot closer. This was years and years ago also. We're sitting there. We're actually leaving. We're already headed. The meeting's over. And they come out and says, oh, Pastor Box, Pastor Monica, you know, the Lord told me to give you this. But it's always her. And I'm like, I'm the one that preached. What's going on? <laughs> she just sits there and looks pretty. Come on. I'm, I'm up there. I got to prepare, you know. It just keeps happening and happening. And Mexico, I'd be in Monterrey preaching on my own. She wasn't with me. Somebody come up and give me jewelry for her. And I'd always come up and say, well, they sent you this, they sent you this, they sent you this. What did they give you? Nothing. <laughs> Maybe I need to sew some jewelry, right? No, but, you know, we see the little things. You say, like, oh, come on, Pastor Box, that just happens. No, it doesn't work that way. There's no just happens. There's no coincidence in the kingdom of God. Well, that doesn't happen to me because you haven't sown it. How do you expect to eat an apple? You haven't even, you still got that seed in the jar. And, and I think the more you begin to, and I'm talking maybe natural things, but it transfers into your attitude. It transfers into your marriage. It transfers into your children. You so love, you so honor, you so discipline in the right context. And you raise some righteous kids. And you will walk in that promise that says, even when they're old, they will not depart from it. Amen. Because you sowed that seed. And that's why, we do, that's why we do so much children's ministry. That's why we all, you know, for years I was involved in youth ministry. And we'd spend thousands of dollars ministering to these kids. And our VBSs are huge. And we're, oh man, I'm just looking forward to doing VBS again. Aren't you, Angie? Mm-hmm. Now that we didn't do it, I missed it. Sometimes I couldn't stand it. Because, <laughs> you know, after VBS, the building has this funky smell for like two weeks. Y'all need to bathe those kids before you send them here, you know. I'm so... I mean, some of these kids, you could rent them out for COVID testing. If you can smell them, you're fine. <laughs> if you can't, go to the ER quick, because this kid smells, you know. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. Our VBSs were awesome, but you know why we do them? Because I believe in the seed. There are people in this building today, and some of them are serving in different capacities, but they were kids in our youth group. And they went away for a long time. And they, and, they, and they probably went into places they didn't want to go. But guess what? The seed finally showed up. And they're back in church today. They went, tried it on their own, but that seed remained. God, is, God never forgets a seed. Remember that. He'll never forget a seed. You might forget you planted it, but he doesn't forget you planted it. Now, let's get into, I'll give you scriptures and I'm going to lock it all down with this. Galatians 6, verses 6, this is King James, and then I got it on my iPad. I want to read to you the Amplified and possibly the Passion Translation of one verse, just so it really rings in your ears today. So this is Galatians chapter 6. Paul writing to the church. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever, everybody say whatsoever. A man soweth. I want you to say that like you really mean it. That. Say it again. That. That. Whatever you sow, that. You're not going to sow apples and come up with tomatoes. Uh-uh. That. You're not going to sow money and come up broke. You're not going to sow love and, and not have people, love, have people that love you around you. But guess what? It works in reverse. You walk around serving, sowing hate. That. If I say that? Yeah. Sowing discord? That. Sowing strife? Sowing anger? That. Not being a friend? Everything's about you? That. And the thing is, you know, he starts with, be not deceived. 
In other words, there's a lot of deceived people. Because you're not going to tell somebody be not deceived unless they are. Amen. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that he shall also reap. For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He's telling you right there. I don't know why, you know, all this is going on in my life. Well, you keep sowing to your flesh, sunshine, and that's what you're getting. From immorality to anger to whatever, if it's in the flesh realm, you're going to get a harvest. You're not going to walk away from it because the kingdom of God is wired this way. God created the system for seed to produce after its own kind. But it, it covers spirit, soul, and body. It's in every realm. People just want to say, oh, that's just the, 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 na- the natural realm. No. This whole thing is wired to a spiritual realm. When you get to heaven, it's not going to be different than earth. It's going to be different that it's pristine and it's not polluted and everything is beautiful. There's mountains, there's rivers, there's trees. Go read the book of Revelation. Earth is a replica of heaven. The seed was heaven. And he had heaven in his mouth and he had the earth in his mouth. And he said, and God said, boom, seed went out. He said, as my word goes, it will accomplish that what I sent you. So question, what's the difference between God said, let let us make man, and God said, let you be healed? There's no difference in that. Same mouth, same God, different seed, but still seed. And then he gives us some ideas about what seed should be. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. Then he tells you, but he that sows to the spirit. Oh, so we can sow in the spirit, yeah. Shall reap everlasting. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season... We shall reap if we faint out. So not right there. Now he begins to tell you one of the biggest seeds you can do is just be a good person. Do good to people. Not just because they like you or they don't like you. Just do good where good is needed. Um, come on, guys. I'm preaching better than you're amening this morning. You're out there, Again, and I'm playing the scenario, but if you're just always mad at everybody, angry at everybody, you know, just then don't be surprised when nobody can stand you. I mean, it's that simple. Let us not be weary. That means this can tire you out. Trust me, it can. Because I've been wearying well-doing. You know, you know which, which are the ones that wear you out? The ones that are ingrateful. Oh, I got that out of my system. Because I can't stand ingratitude. I gotta, God's got to help me because I've got to get delivered of not standing in gratitude. But that's one of the big, biggie biggies in my life. Ungrateful people. And not with me, to God. Let us not be weary in well-doing, because, you know, it can tire you out. Planting sometimes is, can wear you out. But that doesn't mean you stop. It says, don't get tired in well-doing, for in due season, what does he say again? Come on, guys, don't you see? Everywhere we're looking this morning, it's seed time, harvest. Seed time, harvest. You will reap if you don't give up. As we, therefore, have opportunity, let us do good. Unto all men, but then comes your church, your family, but especially unto them who are of the household of faith. You know, we need to be looking out for each other, guys. In, 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 in the perfect design of God's church, there should not be any lack among any of us. But you know, there's, we don't maybe have all the systems in place, or maybe our people are shy, or maybe, but you know, people should have the confidence, if, if you're in a healthy church, you should have the confidence to be able to talk to somebody and say, I'm going through this. 
If it's a spiritual need, we all get around you and we pray. And if it's a physical need, we get around you and we help. Are you listening to me? He says it right there. As we have therefore opportunity, let us go unto especially the household of faith. Okay? Listen to um, this same scripture from, I'm just going to read one scripture, not the whole thing, from two different translations because I really want you to get what he's talking about. Make no mistake about it. This is Passion Translation. God will never be mocked. For what you plant will always be the very thing you harvest. The harvest you reap <laughs> reveals the seed you planted. That is really deep, right? <laughs> but it's fair. I mean, the, you want to see what, you, what you're planting? You want to see what kind of seeds you're producing? Look at your harvest. Just look at your harvest. And this is the beautiful thing about God. If there's something in your life that you don't like because you planted it, God still loves you so much that he gives you the authority to ask for crop failure. But you have to reckon, and how do you get crop failure? By changing the seed. Because you can say, well, you know, before Jesus I was this terrible person. Does that mean I'm going to harvest it? No, because with Jesus you got a new life. With Jesus you got the reset button hit. You got the control alt delete for all you PC guys. That's what happens. So in the eyes of God, you're born a creation, new creation. Now, now from this point forward, you got to watch your seeds. But even in this point, I've, I've sown bad seeds even as a Christian, but you recognize them and say, Lord, I messed that one up. I don't want that seed. Can you put, I pray for crop failure here. But at the same time, I've got to change my attitude and stop planting that. If you see, a, you know, and there's nobody perfect here except Jesus, guys. And there's nobody here in this room, nobody watching my line that's got it all together. Not one of us has it all together. Thank you for your excitement on that one. I know some of you think you got it all together, but you don't. Because if you had it all together, you probably wouldn't even be in church. We need God. We need God in our life. We need him. Oh, my God, do we need him? I don't know how you go through things. If it wasn't for God's mercy, the, the, the thing that happened yesterday was so gut-wrenching. It was gut-wrenching. It just hit me like fist in the gut. I wouldn't be here today. I, you know, I, cause my flesh says I don't want to be in church. But no, God is amazing, and I prayed it out of my system, and he, he gave me comfort. I remember going through the same thing with my mom and others, and God is amazing. See, that's the thing that we experience as believers. We have something that's so amazing. Amen? As we have therefore opportunity, let's do good on, oh, I'm sorry, we're reading that one, I'm reading here. And do not allow yourselves to be weary or disheartened in planting good seeds, for the season of reaping and wonderful harvest you planted is coming. Glory to God. Let me give you one more. We're almost done, guys. Just bear with me. So this is Amplified. Amplified, as you know, takes key, key words from the original language, and adds other words so you can try to absorb more of what, what they actually said. So here, in Galatians size from the Amplified, I love the first line of verse 7. It says, do not be deceived, and then he translates the word deceived to deluded and misled. Deluded and misled, God will not allow himself to be sneered at, scorned, disdained, or mocked by mere pretensions or professions, or by his precepts being set aside, he inevitably deludes himself who attempts to delude God for whatever a man sows, that and that only is what he will reap. I mean, it's big, because now it's about, wait a minute, God is pretty serious about this thing. He doesn't want you ignorant about this thing. So now, you know, after this service especially, you know, if you've never heard this before, or maybe you heard this before and you didn't pay much attention to it, God has an expectation in your life. Because he says, I'm trying to clear something up in your life. Your present condition, good, you know, 
bad, well, whatever it is, is because of, don't be, don't, no, it's not for any other reason. You've been sowing seeds. You've been sowing seeds. So, so God's trying to make you say, hey, come on, you as a parent know what I'm talking about. You know, when your kids believe something that's completely off the wall? Anybody? And you just sit there with them. You done? <laughs> because, you know, I'm, I'm glad you believe it, but that's not how it works. That's not how the cookie crumbles. Right? I mean, come on, come on. who are you? Like, any of you are those crazy teenagers that want to get out of your house as quick as you could, other than me? Thank you for honest Christians. You, we were disliked, right? We didn't listen. Our parents were old and stupid, huh? Until <laughs> you were on your own. Then they became very, very, very smart. All of a sudden, they have all this wisdom. But we were, we were I was, I've, I've been on my own since I was 16. I owned a cantina when I was 17. So y'all, you're not, you're not going to shake me up with your stories. And it wasn't, it wasn't a bar. It was like, up in the mountains in Mexico, bad dudes, bad guys, bad place. But I was deceived because my mom told me, you want to you do that? You're not going to get anywhere. And God is the same way. He's given us instructions, and he's making this really big point. He says, I don't want you to be deceived on this one. I don't want you to be misled. I don't want you to be deluded to thinking that my system can be bypassed. That the kingdom of God's system can be mocked at. And you say, well, I don't believe that, Pastor Box. I don't care. You know, you don't have to believe anything I say. I still love you. Even if you don't like me, I still love you. I'm just giving you some information. You are living in your harvest. And you can change the ones you don't want. But guess what? You could also prepare yourself for a beautiful life. Because I know the way we've lived, and God has shown me this. It's amazing. There's things that happen in our life. And I'm, I look at that, and I'm like, and then God will remind me, say, you know, you planted a seed 20 years ago. You forgot about it, but I didn't. And he brought it to harvest. When we were still in Miranda City in our, in our house, well, we had bought a little mobile home in the house. We had made it pretty much as a church. It was just a house. And we had a, what was it? We had an old 220 AC unit in the living room. It sounded like a freight train, man. I mean, that you know, just growl. You had to preach louder than the air conditioner. And it wasn't even cooling. Everybody... We were all way too young to have hot flashes, so it had to be that. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for fixing my bad attitude with my sarcasm. But um, we needed to get a unit. And back then, I mean, still back then, but that was like $500. Might as well have been $5 million. We didn't have that kind of money. And, I, and our congregation was very small. I mean, well, maybe, maybe 10 or 15 people. And I remember standing in our little room at the church. This is what we're going to do. We need an air conditioner. Nobody got any money, right? I said, I want you to go home this week. I want you to go through your couch, through your car. You know, if you've got to take the kid's piggy bank, I don't care. Just bring change. Just bring, you know, spare change. I mean, first of all, there's no such thing as spare change because I use it all. But just bring something. And at the end of that week, we ended up with $67. Pura feria. It was a bag like that. And I knew what to do. I took the bag just like they gave me. Monica and I went up to San Antonio. Pastor Odell, my pastor, his office. I called him. I said, I need to talk to you about some things, some other things, all their ministry stuff. But I said, but this was my mission was this. And we went up to his office. 
And they said, Pastor, you know, I told him, I said, well, we're, we're, we're believing God for this, for this air conditioning unit. You know, because what we have is not, not quite working out, blah, blah, blah. He said, okay. I said, wait, hang on. Here's my seat. Bonk. And I clunked that thing on his desk. You know, clunk. He looked at it like, you know, I guess the secretary had to put them all in those little rolls. Who knows what they did with it. But I said, that's our seat to that air conditioning unit. He said, okay. Well, he prayed for it. Well, nothing, you know, nothing immediately happened because guess what? You don't drop an orange seed today and drink orange juice tomorrow. You know that. We came back. Then things, there's another couple stories in there. There was another seed because they're going to combine now. When we were in Miranda City, now we have grown. This was a little bit after that. We're growing to, we're starting to get a little bit crowded because the living room's really small. I mean, it was like the width of the blue chair to the wall to maybe like to here. That was the whole church. And then the bedrooms were like kids' ministry and stuff. So we're jam-packed. We had everything. We had drums. We had everything, man. Remember that, Johnny? Maurice played the drums. He was so small, he couldn't even, his head wouldn't even come out of the drum. Did you just see the drums? Good times, man. And I said, we need to expand our church. I never, you know, Heavenville, we never thought about Heavenville. So I said, we're going to sow another seed. And I already had marked it. I said, we're going to knock this wall down. I'm going to make this big area. Now we're going to have a bigger place to meet people. I, I wasn't thinking, are you kidding me? I got, uh, and this is honest. The only reason we came to Heavenville is because we didn't have enough gas to get to Laredo. Don't feel bad, Heavenvillians. That's just the way it was. You live in Miranda City. The first gas station wasn't, was on Guadalupe way down there. How many remember the days? There was nothing on 359, and you looked at the E, and it's like, and you're like, okay, we've got to pray in tongues all the way to Heavenville, or, you know, hopefully we'll make it to the gas station. And then Heavenville, I think, only back then, maybe just had the Maverick mark. Remember that? And, um, but in that season, God began to send people from Heavenville to the church because there was miracles happening. And somebody told somebody, and somebody told somebody they needed work. And, I mean, that little house was just miracle-activated. And then the Lord began to plant. He must love this town because he said, I said, Monica, Heavenville? My, my whole thing, we had a radio program at a season in Laredo. We were on the radio, and we were like gearing. I said, if we're doing anything, we're probably going to do it in Laredo, right? No, God said, not Laredo, you're going to Heavenville. So we came here very long. Sorry, so I'm going to tell you, but we ended up with the, you know, the building and all that. But my point is, we had sown a seed for land. And I'm not off the air conditioning story yet. So those two seeds are in the ground. Now watch this. We come here, we start having church in that little building. This was, this was non-existent. And there was a couple that had, we had met through our radio program, and actually it was the first marriage I had ever performed. I'm glad they're still together, so it did work out pretty good. After almost 30 years, they're still married. I was so nervous that time. I'd never done a marriage ceremony. I'm brand new in the ministry. Anyway, so they're coming from Laredo here. They're part of our church. And um, we're in the middle of a Sunday morning. It's hot. And the air conditioner unit goes out here on the little building. And there were no offices. Nothing was there. It was just the room and the chairs and bathrooms and so forth. And again, we're like, and I go like, and by, but then we're having services morning and evening. In the evening, we're having another service. I don't know if it was regular church or youth group or something. But, and, I, and, and this couple, her husband is an AC guy. Actually, we still use him today. You know, I call him, and he's a really good guy from, out of Laredo. And... He comes and looks at the unit. He says, man, this is gone. He says, you're going to need a new everything. And I ask him, well, what are we looking at? I mean, this is back in, whenever we moved here, H was in 1998, <laughs> something like that. That's a good unit. That's the new ones there. He looked at and I said, well, you know, you're probably looking about $3,500, $4,000 to replace it. 
Again, that might, he, he could have just said a million dollars. It was about as, we could have just believed it for a million as, I mean, there was so much money, especially when you don't have any. Come on, our offerings were like $100, you know. Yeah, yeah, it'll take us about three years, we'll have it together, <laughs> you know, at this rate. And then he said something, he said, look, let me just take care of it. Let me, I mean, I'll, I'll fix it and we can talk about it. I'm still thinking, well, he's going to give me a payment plan. So he comes in, he goes to Laredo Sunday afternoon, picks up all his stuff, his work truck comes back, places a new unit in, you know, lights it up and works fine. And I said, so how much do I owe you? He said, oh, don't worry about it. Somebody else will, somebody else will pay for this. Well, I didn't ask any more questions. I'm not stupid. I'm like, thank you, sir. We received it. I don't know if he overpriced somebody. I don't know if he stole it. That's not my problem. <laughs> right? My point is, listen to me. Do you think God forgot about that unit, Angie? Do you think he forgot of any of your seeds? Not one. Mm-mm. You think God forgot about, oh, wait. So 11 months into this building, which we're being, it's borrowed. We, were, we tried to rent it, but um, HH's mom said, no, 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 I'll just lend it to you. I said, no, we're willing to pay rent for it. So we're here a year, but, you know, we're faith people, so we lay hands on everything and claim it for Jesus. But we didn't, you know, I was working and stuff, and I get a call from Gladys. I remember it, was, it must have been mid-April because it was starting to get hot. We were working on a water line. He says, you need to come to my house now. And I'm like, ma'am, I'm in the middle of this. I can't get there now. Well, my husband, Humberto, needs to talk to you. And I'm like, as much as I want to go, I says, you really need to come. I said, and I, I, was, I said, I can't. I said, but I'll be there this afternoon. And I'm not sure what was going on in, at their house at the time. I don't know if she was, like, wearing him out. I don't know what was going on. So I show up that afternoon. Almost, I can see it's clear as day. You know, I walk into the, to the house where she lived, and your dad was sitting at the counter. He had the counter. He was sitting there. And I walk in. I say, hello, Miss Gladys, and hello, Mr. Garza. And he says, this is, que bueno que viniste porque ya no aguanto. And I didn't know if it was her, <laughs> conviction, God, I don't know, me, and I don't know what he didn't want that. I didn't want to know. But then these words came out of his mouth. Te necesito dar el edificio. He always talked talk to me in Spanish, I guess, you know. In other words, for all our English speaking, he says, I need, to give you, I need to give you the building. And right there, H remembers that, we, we had just barely started to incorporate, you know, the paperwork to get incorporated as a church. And I remember telling Mr. God, I said, can you wait 30 days? Because I don't want it. In other words, I don't want you to give it to me. We're about to incorporate the church. That way you can donate it to the church. You know what I'm saying? Because so it's, it's, it's a really sticky thing if they give it to me now. But if I would have said give it to me, he would have signed it over to me. But I, no, that's not the plan. I said, can you just wait? And sure enough, everything went out. 30 days, he, he, he donated the land, which included, well, not this one. No, included this that, up to that corner, and that, that wasn't ours yet. And, but here's, where, here's my whole point. So we got the building completely debt-free. Pay attention. Well, that's because you're a church and a pastor. No, it's because of seed. Remember that seed for the land that I was going to build around my house, which was only a couple hundred dollars, or that $67.30 that we did for the air conditioner unit? God doesn't forget one seed. I had a kind of forgotten, and then when, when Mr. Godson said, I need to give you the building, the Holy Spirit says, seed. Remember that seed that you, wanted, that you planted, those 200, I think we planted like $200, $300 towards the addition, because we didn't have the money, but I needed to build, but I know how it works. If I don't have enough money, but I do have seed. Remember that little question I left hanging? How many apples are in an apple seed? How many apples are in an apple seed? There's no answer to that. 
There's no, there, I mean, it's, it's infinite. There's no answer to that. You can't put a number to it because every seed will bring a tree. A tree will produce tons of apples with tons of seeds, and the thing grows and goes and goes. So you begin to see, and really, we just decided to live this way. And we've been criticized. Even people in the church, now they're not here no more, but they, they would get mad. Why are you all doing all this in Ukraine and in Mexico? And I says, well, first of all, because God called us. But everything is about doing good. Everything is about taking seed in your life. And, and when you begin to grab, this is not about, well, I'm just going to do this so I get more money. You will get more money, but that's not why we do it. Because money is, is just one of the many benefits of understanding what the kingdom of God works. Is money tied into it? Of course money's tied into it. I can tell you stories and stories of, of, of seeds that were really difficult to plant because there was a lot of zeros behind them. And being, just being obedient to God, saying, okay, sir, my flesh does not want to do this, but we're going to do it. And I remember a seed that we planted in 2001, which was a big seed. For us, it was huge. And it had three zeros attached to it, so trust me, it was a big seed. I can tell you today that that seed came back 100-fold. 100-fold. Not 100%. 100 times. Because Jesus didn't say, I'll give you 100%. He says, the seeds that are sown come back to you 30 60 and 100 times over. Because just like an apple, you don't get 100. When you plant an apple seed, you don't get one apple. That would be 100% return, right? If I plant one seed and I get one apple, that's 100% return. No, you get an apple tree that will produce apples for the rest of your life if you take care of it. Are you listening? So God is not wired to this system. Because if you say, that's 100%, no, it's not 100%. It's a non-going, non and I go back to that, and I look back from 2000 all the way up here and all the different things that have happened in international ministry and, you know, buying land in Cuba for, for the glory of God, all this crazy stuff that we did, everything that God considers a seed. So the kingdom of God, I need to finish, I need to go to my other church. Let, let me finish with this. You know, life is about sowing and reaping. That's all it is. Because this is how it's read. Seed, time, Harvest time. There's a time to sow, and there's a time to reap. And you have to understand this. So I, I want to leave you guys with this. Let me, let me go through these quick. Remember, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, remember that the person who sows few seeds will have a small crop. That's the Bible. The one who sows many seeds will have a large crop, okay? So, quick points, just a few bullet points. Number one, don't you ever give up on your seed. Don't you ever forget. I mean, sometimes well, I forget. I, mean, I, I can't keep track of all the seeds we go, but I don't forget that they work. Because God does not ever forget a seed. I, I, told, I shared with you the air conditioning story, the, the building story. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessings if we don't give up. Another translation of Galatians 6.9. Number two, quick bullet points. I'm going to give you these and we're, and we're done. You've got to choose your soil. A seed needs the right kind of soil. What does the Bible say about that? Haggai 1, 5 and 7, and maybe you find yourself this morning somewhere in the scripture. Trust me, I've been here. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Look at your neighbor and say, just say, consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe Yet you clothe you, but there is no one warm, and he that earns wages, earns wages to put it in a bag with holes. How many felt that that's what your paycheck? Ben, everybody, come on, somebody say, Ben there. Ben there. 
Your paycheck says Kelvin Box, but it belongs to everybody except you. Ford Motor Company's getting it, and the mortgage company's getting it, and MasterCard is getting it, and Best Buy is getting it. You're the last one on the list to get it. Sometimes you don't even get it. You remember the story living paycheck to paycheck? We weren't even, we weren't even close. We lived like from paycheck to Monday. <laughs> How many remember that? Right, Joe? It would have been nice if it was paycheck to paycheck. It was like, you get paid Friday, you're broke on Monday. <laughs> and then just borrow money all week to try to get you to Friday. <laughs> oh, Lord, what a day. But you see, God says you've got to consider your ways. And, and I, I want to conclude with this, and, and we, we might pick up in this area next week. Um, it's, you know, because the idea of considering your ways, let me put it this way, you're always planting seeds. And, and, you, and you end up with decisions because... Wherever you invest, you're going to get a return. And here's, here is something, here we see a person or, or a nation, he's speaking to a nation, but you know, you see the prophet speaking a specific, says, this is a person that is sowing. So what is the problem? Why, is, why aren't they getting the benefit of the 30, 60, and 100 fold? Because they're sowing in the wrong things. You know, you, you know, you take, for example, those of you that made a decision, watching me online, being in a house, you made a decision to be in church this morning. Glory to God. Guess what? There's a seed being planted in you. But you could have made a decision to stay home and would have missed this revelation and instead of coming to church and, you know, putting $10 in the offering, you went to the store and bought a six-pack. And now you got the harvest of that. It's called a beer belly. I'm having such a good time. You harvested it where you could have sown that $10 for the glory of God and God's working to changing lives in Cuba, in Mexico, in, in Hebronville, and now you've got other people concerned about you. So here's my point. Don't judge people's harvest unless you know their seed. And at the same time, remember this because this is a, this is a very, I mean, I could spend a lot of time on this. I don't want to, but he says, you have so much. That used to always get to me. And you have a lot, but you never have enough. You're, you know, your money is draining out of your life, and you don't even know why. Because you're planting it in the wrong things. When you, when you begin to work the kingdom of God, you'll be way more excited about, about giving something to the kingdom. And when I say something, I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about your time. We need people. Let me tell you, this is, this is so true. Right now, we need help in every area of ministry. We need people in our cleaning team. We need people in the nursery. We need people in children's church. We need people in the youth group. We need people everywhere. But you know what I realized of all the people that do serve? So, some, a lot of you all serve in a bunch of areas because we're, we're lacking people. Those are the people that less headaches give me. They never hardly ever. Now, now we go through life together and we go through crisis, but you, you start seeing the leadership. And yes, we bump through life and do things, but our, our crises aren't never major, major. Right, Diana? I mean, we go through stuff. But we get through, right? And Diana and I, I love her text. She says, Pastor, pray for this. I said, I got this. And then she takes him back. It's fixed. Is that true? No. That's kind of how it works, right? You and I, she just takes me, I pray, and then she tells me, pray. PTL, praise the Lord. You know what it is? Because they serve God. And God, when you come to clean, you think God forgot about that? That's a seed. That's probably one of the most powerful seeds. When you sit out there and shake people's hands, even though you don't feel like it, you got your Walmart smile. <laughs> but you're being diligent and you're obeying. You know that, act, that labor of love? God is watching it. You pray for somebody that's sick, that's why you don't get sick anymore. And again, one of the, I guess, difference between you and I is because of, of what we do, 
We probably pray for a lot more sick people than you do. This is because everybody calls us. And I also believe that's one of the reasons I can say, Joe, that I don't get sick. Because you're continually sowing health into people's lives. So I want to close with that. Go ahead and stand with me this morning. And I want to pray this over you. And, and I just want one last thing we got to do. And then I really got to beeline out of here, guys. I apologize for having to run out of these services like this. But hopefully we're going to do this for just a month and a half. Revisit it and maybe change the schedule where I can not do that. Because I, I, I want to talk to people. I want to be here for you. But just be patient with us with this whole Laredo church service. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you don't know Jesus in your life, if you're watching me online, somebody invited you, somebody tagged you, somebody, you ended up at this place. Let me tell you, God is waiting for you right now. He wants you to be active participant of his kingdom. He doesn't want you to be just on the bench, on the sidelines. He wants you on the field. And this is how it works. So everybody in this room, everybody online, say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, today I give you my life. I dedicate my life to you. And I believe with all my heart that you are my Lord and Savior. Today I'm a child of God. Amen. Now this is my prayer for you. What we're going to do this morning, everybody prayed it. So I just want to pray two things. That you get what we talked about and, and really implement it into a lifestyle. But also let's pray for crop failure. How many need some crop failures? Amen. <laughs> you know, we all do. That's grace. So, Father, we thank you for the word this morning. We thank you where it's taken us, rich as always, full of information. But, Father, right now, every one of us, including me, we, we, we are flesh. We are humans. We have a tendency to sow negative seeds here and there. But, Father, we pray for crop failure, but we also pray that you grant us that mercy and grace that we do change our seeds, where we become a more loving person, a more giving person, a more listening person. Father, we just want to surround understanding that our life is designed to be a blessing. And our, our words are seeds of blessing. And our attitudes and our offerings, everything is about the kingdom. And I thank you that right now we pray for crop failure in the areas where we have missed this. But we also pray for a quick return on our harvest, God. That, Father, we have been sowing for many, many years. There's many families in this building that have been sowing their time, their love, their money, everything to the kingdom. And Father, we just believe that 2021 is truly a year of harvest. That the windows of heaven are open and there's a blessing that we cannot retain. I, I receive this word for them, for myself, that this year we will experience harvest like we've never seen it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap and you may be seated for a moment. I'm going to just tell you something very quickly as, as you prepare to give your offering. I'm not, I'm not going to stay to the end of the offering, so I'll ask um, Kathy, as soon as I finish saying this, to come up here and close the service out for you. Um, there's a lady in our Laredo church, and you've heard me talk about her. She's uh, one of the really, I like this story because she's somebody who walked into the church, never had been in a church, evangelical church, Christian church, whatever you want to call it. Well, she's been with us now probably about four months. Well, she got diagnosed with a, I'm not going to get a lot of details, but in other words, they think she, she's going through these tests and they found cancer in her body and she's going to a next procedure where just, they're going to try to remove some of the stuff. We don't know what, what the next stage, and we're all praying for her, we're all rooting for her. But I want to reach out to this church, you know, if it's in your heart to sow something towards her, she, she, she does need some help. 
and we're going to do the same thing on Laredo, but, you know, do whatever the Holy Spirit does. You know, if you brought your tithe, tithe to the church, you know, the church will look at the accounts and, and move some money towards her. But just look in your heart, because this is a great opportunity to practice what we preach. Because you say, you know, every time you have an opportunity, be a blessing to the household of faith. Doesn't it say that? I, I mean, I don't want to go back and read it again. You, we, we spent an hour on this message already. So look into your heart. This is kind of an ongoing thing. Say, so, well, I wasn't ready. That's fine. You can, you can go online and, and do it online if you like. Um, and just tag. If anything that's tags offering or special, I don't know what the drop-down menus are. But we'll, um, we'll consider it. I don't want to say her name. You know, these are kind of things that are private. She, 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 did, she did let us do this. We even checked on this. I said, is it okay if we do She said, that's fine. But um, she, is, she is part of Faithway. You know, you might not know her, but Faithway, we're not, we're not three different churches. We're one church in three different locations. Remember that. Faithway is one family. And it would be the same thing if, if she came to Heavenville, same thing if she was in Puebla. It doesn't matter. We're one family. So if you want to reach out to help her, Thank you so much, and next week we'll put it all together. It's not nothing we need to do today, and we're going to do the same thing in Faithway Laredo. And then for the rest, you know, we have still the church is run, right? We still got to run the church. So thank you all for your giving, and thank you for making a difference, you know. We are also believing um, Pastor Yoel, our pastor from Cuba, needs to go to Miami to pick up. They got to ship a bunch of stuff to Cuba. That's the only way they can get a lot of the stuff for the church. And it's really complicated right now in Cuba. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but this week we're, we're going to buy their airplane tickets just to get them to Miami and back. We're not, they're not coming here so they can take care of this, him and his wife. So, you know, if Cuba is something that's on your heart, consider this to help Pastor Yoel um, get to Miami because what he does, he sends a lot of stuff. There's AC units we're sending down there, uh, church materials. So what they do is they send a container by ship. Sometimes it takes from three to six months to get the stuff. It's only 80 miles, but just the red tape and the nonsense that you're dealing with a communist nation. You know, and it's funny because all the stuff that goes on today about where we're at, trust me, I, I see communism in the face every time I go down there. And it's a, it's a horrible, nasty devil. And I don't care if they try to put it on you like it's just socialism. Socialism eventually ends up in communism. And we just pray for this nation because it's not a good direction. You know, I, I see it firsthand what it is. And it's not a good thing. So anyway, I don't want to talk about that. Do what you need to do. We love you guys. We thank you so much. And thank you for your patience. And also encourage you, you know, come Wednesdays. You know, Wednesday prayer meetings are great. And um, also, you know, they're going to talk about it, but I want you to get excited. I want to just close with this or leave with this. We're having our Super Bowl Sunday party. How many are excited about that? Ooh, that sounded really excited. Of course you're not excited because the Cowboys aren't there. I get it. I, I'm, I'm heartbroken too, but I've been heartbroken for like 25 years, so it doesn't matter. Um, but here's the thing. The first year, it was kind of like, eh, it was okay. Last year was way better. This year it's going to be amazing. I already, you know, I've already gave some money to allow to start buying stuff and get support. So they'll talk to you about it as soon as I leave. But get excited because this is what's happening. There's families even today in church in Heavenville that they, the only thing they came to was to, to a Super Bowl. And guess what happened when they came to church and saw a Super Bowl? They realized that we're not weird. Well, I know some of you are a little bit, but most of us aren't, okay? They said, wow, they're Christians and they like football, you know. And, you know, we have the big screens on. We're planning to have activities for the kids. It's going to be a big party. There's food, gift cards. It's not just come and watch the game. We give door prizes. We give prizes on the quarter. They, they'll explain all this stuff. Laudo's doing a great job. Thank you, Laudo, for heading this. Well, not him. he got a whole team of guys that are helping him and ladies that are helping. So we're planning to have a lot of activities. So pray about that. We're only a few weeks away. 
of that. And again, it's not even about, it's just fun to hang out, watch the game. But the thing is, you know what happens? We're family. And people say, hey, man, I can go to church and have a blast and I don't have to get drunk. There's, that actually exists. So, you know, I didn't realize that until I got saved, that you could actually have a good time and not have to be all wasted. Amen? So be excited about that. Miss Kathy, deliver these people from me. <laughs> Come on up here. God bless you guys. We'll see you all next week. Here we go. Yeah, so we're really excited about that uh, football outreach. And just to give you the rest of the announcements before we, we end the service, um, we are still recruiting for the football team. So if you guys want to join that event, we can use your help. Um, we've got a sign-up sheet. Lauro made a sign-up sheet back there, and it has all the, the list of things of what we're what we're. Uh, asking for for donations so we've already started accumulating all the donations but there's still room for you guys to sign up so if you want to see pretty much what it is you can uh, look at that list back there and of course on that day on Sunday February 7th we could use your help so if you guys want to get on the team come and show up it's really fun if you get if you if you have attended any of these um, we give door prizes throughout, and we need people to be calling and doing the raffle. Um, we need people to be coming up here with the games, you know, lining up and picking out people to do the games and handing out prizes and, you know, the food table too. So there's there's somewhere there for you guys. So if you want to join the team, get with Lauro. Also, um, youth, you guys will not have youth service tonight. You guys will resume your regular youth services next Sunday at 5.30 p.m. So bring somebody with you next week. And um, like always, we're just continuing also from, from New Year's. We're continuing to fill our team. We're continuing to get your commitment in. Instead of making that New Year's resolution, make your commitment and start here where you can be the hands and feet of Jesus and actually make a difference. So if you want to get in the team somewhere, there's somewhere that we can get you behind the scenes up here in the front. And we've been filling them. We've been filling them, but there's still lots of room. So it's amazing to see everybody coming together to be the church. So it's amazing. Um, and that is a, it for our announcements. Um, if I forgot something, I am sorry. JSMI. There we go. JSMI. I think it's today. I think today is the due date for JSMI. Um, I don't have my phone, so if I'm wrong, um, I'll send it out on the message. So JSMI students, please get your, your uh, 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 instructions in today. So let's go ahead and stand up and let's pray for the offering. You should have an envelope on your seat if you haven't gotten to fill that out yet. Or if you'd like to text to give, we do have the online uh, giving option. And just text 7797. Text that number and text the word Faithway. And then you'll get your you'll receive your prompt and you can fill it out from there. And make your recurring or your one-time payment. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this service. We thank you so much for your presence in this building where we're able to come together in agreement and just worship you and your goodness and all all the things that you represent father and this morning we ask as we collect this offering father that you bless the offering as we give back